Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Good morning, church. And those of you that are watching online, I received a lot of messages yesterday asking if we were still having church. And I know there's a number of people that are watching online. And I just want to say, you are here. There is no limitation with the Spirit of God. So we are so thankful that you are right here with us. And I do just want to say a a quick announcement um, just about church. If church were to be closed, please pay attention to social media, email, things like that. Um, A lot of people have been asking, uh, is the church going to close? What should we do if this happens? And here's what I have been very clear in saying. If for any reason you don't feel comfortable coming, thank God for technology. Amen? You can still be right here with us. And so we ask that you please would just use wisdom and discernment that God so graciously gives out. Amen? Amen. Okay, so a few announcements. That uh, video did a great job. And if you have your bulletin, please know that all those announcements are on the back for you. And I have to, I'm going to read it to you because I know I'll forget something. Um, I asked the team last night in Peru if they could share a quick update that I could share with you. So thank you for your prayers. And here is what uh, my husband had to say. Lots of progress with work projects. In just 48 hours, they were able to get cabinets built and they're already ready to go into the church and uh, different areas where they're going to be doing those projects. They've been planting plants, some beautification projects, new stairs are being put in at the cement soccer field. FYI, they have only been there 48 hours. I was like, are you sure you've done all this? This is really unbelievable. Um, They most importantly had a youth service last night. He said the presence of the Lord was so heavy. Uh, He doesn't use words like that lightly, just so you know. And he said, lots of kids crying and falling under the presence of the Lord. The worship was so thick. Amen. Amen. See, God knew long before they even went. He knew everything that would transpire. And just so you know, when they got to the airport in Peru, there was a little hiccup and God made a way. Um, They were... Things could have gone a different route and God intervened, amen? Because he knew that there are children of his in Peru that need him. And I'm so thankful he intervenes, amen? All right, I think that that's it as far as announcements go. I'm so honored to be able to share the word with you. If you know me, you know that I love the word of God. Um, It is not just a book that we read. I really believe it's my lifeline, and it actually has literally been my lifeline at times in my life. So I find it a real honor and a joy, and I love studying when I get to uh, deliver a word. So I want you to open your Bible to Uh, Matthew chapter 25. And before we jump in, I just want you to hold your Bible, whether it's your phone or your actual Bible. You won't see me bring out my Bible that often. 
because it looks like this and I really am trying to keep it preserved. So I do use my phone a lot in case you see my phone out. I'm not texting, I am using my Bible app. Um, so if you would just hold your Bible and let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask right now that you would give us wisdom and revelation, that you would give us eyes to see how you see things, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today through this message, through your holy words. We ask that your Holy Spirit would deliver to us exactly what you have intended. Father, I ask that you would just remove any portion of me and that it would just be you. I thank you that you have given us your word as a lifeline, and so we just ask that it would do what it was intended to do this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We are going to read the parable of the 10 virgins, and so I'm gonna read verses one through 13, and I believe it'll be on the screen as well for you. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go out to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. There is so much to unpack here, and we would be here maybe till tomorrow if I went over all of the rabbit trails that my notes brought me, <laughs> and I won't do that to you. And I have really prayed and asked God to help me to stay focused and just share the message from this scripture. Now, with that being said, I wanna challenge you to study this passage of scripture. And for those of you that study the word, I thank you and I pay tribute to you and the way that you've shown others how to do that. And I would encourage you to keep doing that. For those of you that are like, study the word, I just read it over and over again and hope that it makes sense. I just wanna give you a quick tip, okay? If you go to the back of your Bible and you look up some of these key words, lamp, oil, bridegroom, and then go to those scriptures and read. Commentaries are always a great place to go. 
Just this past week, I've talked with several people and we've been talking about studying the word. And it, I realized that we have a lot of believers that don't actually know how to study the word. And so I just wanna challenge you to press in. Those are great places to start. Uh, look at other scriptures that use those words. Look at commentaries. There's lots of different ways to do that. Link up with someone that has been in this church or been a believer for a length of time and can help you in doing that. Uh, discipling is something that I'm really passionate about and I hope you are as well so that we can grow together in the Lord. So what I want to do is I just want to go through it verse by verse because I believe that God has a message for us today from this passage. And just to give a little bit of context, it's always good to look at what's happening before Jesus says something. And if you look um, earlier in Matthew, he is calling out the religious leaders. He is beginning to talk about the signs of the end of the age. And so it's safe to say that if you look at the context prior to this parable, it's safe to say that when he says, at that time, he is talking about the end of the age. And so let's just go through uh, verse one together. At that time, so at the end of the age, as time draws near, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. In a parable, Jesus is giving us a message that we can apply to today. And so when it says the lamp, it's important for us to know what is that referring to? The lamp a vessel meant to burn brightly. And if you're taking notes today, I'm gonna to give you some references, so just jot them down and in your own study time, make sure you check this out. A vessel meant to burn brightly. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Revelation chapter four, verse five. A lamp is also referenced in scripture as the word of God. And the bridegroom we know to be Jesus Christ, amen? And there are many references, just to give you a few, John 3, 29, Matthew 9, 15. So let's keep reading. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. So what is the oil? This is the verse where we see that oil is introduced. What is that? The Holy Spirit, if you look throughout scripture, you will hear anointing the Holy Spirit referenced as oil time and time and time again. And in this verse, we see a division of the five foolish, so the 10 virgins have been split into two groups. There is now the foolish and the wise. There's a lot of controversy, I guess you could say, if you were to study who the virgins are, I think more importantly than who they are specifically supposed to represent, to me, the dividing line is why were some foolish and why were some wise? Amen? Why were some foolish and why were some wise? It says that the foolish were the ones that didn't take enough oil. And it says that the wise were the ones that did. So as I looked at that 
and began to really ask the Lord, what does that mean and how does that apply to us today? I would challenge you that the five foolish could possibly be the types of Christians that open their Bible on occasion. The type of Christian that prays when crisis mode hits, but as soon as life goes back to normal, then they forget all about prayer. Could it be that the foolish were the ones that did a checkbox that they went to church, did a checkbox that they fed the homeless and did the checkboxes, but never actually had a relationship with the Lord? Could it be that the foolish were the ones that thought that they could have God on their own terms and still live in a place of complacency, but at the midnight hour, they could still slip right in? Could it be that the foolish ones were the ones that thought that they didn't have to diligently seek him to get fresh oil? What makes the five wise? And as I began to look at that, I was convicted and thought, Lord, don't let me ever fall into foolishness. Father, keep me wise with plenty of oil for when the midnight hour comes. Could it be that the five wise had enough oil because they were born again and they knew that they couldn't do a single thing without him? Could it be that they were wise because they realized that this word, the lamp unto their feet, is a guide for life, that it is a living and breathing love letter to you, his child? Could it be that they were wise because they recognized that they need the Holy Spirit, that it's not an option every day to run on empty, but we need him, amen? amen. As we keep reading, the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I just want you to know, time out, if you look at these words in the Greek and the Hebrew, they mean so much more than the way we've interpreted it in English. Drowsy and fell asleep means so much more. It actually means to become negligent with a thing. That's a little bit, that's a little bit harsher than they just got drowsy. So I encourage you to study this. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. What does that mean and what is that referencing? It means that Jesus right now, in this very moment, is waiting to return. This is not a parable. This is not just a, you know, a story he was telling. This is reality. Jesus himself right now is waiting to return. And he will wait until every ear has heard the good news. And the reason why is because he's a loving father. And his word is true. And when it says that he wants 
every son and daughter to return. His desire is that none would perish and all would spend eternity with him. So he tarries, so he waits. You know who he's really waiting on? Yes, he is waiting on you and me to do our job and to spread the gospel like a wildfire. And once all have heard the good news, then at the midnight hour, here is the bridegroom come out and meet him. Midnight. Midnight is, did you know, the darkest hour It's the darkest time of the night. So at midnight, that's when the bridegroom comes. Could that be symbolic for at the darkest hour in history, the bridegroom is going to appear? And could it be that he could even speak to you now and say that if right now is the darkest hour that you faced, just like Isaiah 60 verse two says, see darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. So if right now is your darkest hour that you've ever known, the good news is that the bridegroom's promise to you is that his glory glory will rise upon you. Amen. He's good and he's faithful. So we know that at the darkest hour, the bridegroom will return. Verse seven, then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Trimmed their lamps. They got up and they trimmed their lamps. What does that mean and how does that apply to you and me today? Trimming a lamp means that you're cutting off the dry, dead part. Let that sink in for a minute that you're cutting off the dry and dead part. Could it be that for us to trim our wick, for us to trim our lamp today, means that we need to cut off the dry and dead parts that have somehow attached themselves to us. And the lamps that burn brightly are the ones where the wick has been soaking in oil. And if the wick has been soaking in oil and you're like, it sounds like you're speaking another language, I don't even know what you mean. It means that when you sit in the presence of God, when you spend time with him, you begin to become saturated in his oil and you begin to burn brightly. But it requires a cutting off of the dead and the old and the dry, and a soaking in the oil. Why couldn't the wise give oil to the foolish? An interesting question. Why couldn't they share? I don't know. I was taught that sharing is caring. Why couldn't they share their oil? Well, 
I believe that what the Lord would say is that you cannot borrow a relationship with him. And I wanna give you just an example. I'm gonna pick on my friend Keturah because she's my friend and I can do that. Keturah, you are saturated with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And if I were to say, you're so saturated that I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sneak over with you and at the midnight hour, I'm gonna slip right into that banquet feast with you. You know what God says? No, I don't know you. And why does he say that? And why is that so harsh for us to even hear? I'll tell you why, because he loves me too much for me to try to skirt in on someone else's curtain. He said that he wants a relationship with me and he's not willing to let me just slip in with someone else. He gave everything so that he could have a relationship with you. So if you think that you can just borrow someone else's and get in that way, it doesn't work like that. And I don't say that to be harsh. I say that because he's pursuing you. He gave up everything so that he could have a relationship with you. And he's not willing to let anything jeopardize it. So why couldn't they borrow oil? Because you can't borrow someone else's relationship. He has a special relationship just for you and him. Amen? Verse 10, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. But while they were on their way to buy oil, I'm not trying to be funny, I really did ask this question of the Lord, where are you gonna buy oil at midnight? Are you gonna go to some gas station and buy some bootleg oil at midnight? This is the midnight hour. Where were these people going to buy oil? And as I asked the Lord that question, I thought of myself. And isn't this even within a parable, he's sharing and telling another story. And I believe that what they did was a representation of what you and I have done or maybe are doing. There was a need and where did they go? to meet that need. They went out into the world. And as I thought about it, I thought, oh God, I was that foolish virgin who knew that there was a void, who knew that there was a desperate need, yet I went out into the world and I tried to fill it with every single thing other than him. And when I did that, it left me more broken and more empty than when I even began the journey until he came in, not with a bootleg oil, but the oil of joy, the oil of gladness. He brought his Holy Spirit and filled me and all of a sudden every need that I had became met 
in and through him. It says that those who were ready went in. Those that were ready. What does ready mean? And what does ready look like? And most importantly, are you ready? You know, I'll tell you, I wrestled with the Lord on this one. I was like, God, you know what people want right now? They want a really good, feel-good message. So if you and I could just work this out, if we could maybe talk about something that is a little bit happy and pleasant and good, and we don't really have to talk about whether you've got oil and whether you're ready for the midnight hour. And I heard silence. And I said, okay, I'll tell you, I'll be very transparent. I made a promise, a vow to the Lord a long time ago that I would only speak what he told me to speak. And that I would live, especially from any place of a pulpit, in front of an audience of one. So even though I physically see you right now, I'll tell you right now, I am more concerned with what he sees and what he thinks right now than anyone else in this room. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, his message to you today is, are you ready and do you have oil? And if you aren't ready and if you don't have oil, good news, there's still time. The midnight hour hasn't struck. Amen? Amen. Later, the others also came. We're gonna end, we're gonna sum this up. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And that is harsh. The words, truly I tell you, I don't know you, should bring you to a place of challenge to know him and to know him in a deeper, more intimate way. I don't talk about the end of the age and seeing all the signs that we are clearly approaching some sort of time. I don't say that to say that we should be fearful. And if you're fearful today, can I just say right now that the Father did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And you can absolutely today, you can break off fear and God himself will inject faith into you if you will allow him. So if talking about the midnight hour and the end of the age and seeing all of the signs, if that somehow causes fear and anxiety, I want you to know that that is not of him. And his desire is that we would just take heed to the message of do you have oil? Are you ready? Is your wick so saturated that you burn brightly? That's what he wants for us. That's his desire. So do you know him? 
because I believe that the foolish were the ones that thought that they could go through the motions and somehow get in. And God would say to the foolish ones, I have too much in store for you to even let that happen, to even let you just go through the motions. I have so much more for you. I want you to know me. If there was ever an hour in history where you need to know him, where you need to spend time with him, where you need to hear his voice, where you need to feel his embrace, I believe it's now. Amen. And I believe he's challenging us today, do you have oil? I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up as I begin to wrap things up. And what does being low on oil look like? It looks like complacency. If you're okay with the way things have been, and you're okay with just doing A, B, C, and D every day because it's the check boxes that you check off. Or maybe you're just okay with coming to church on Sunday, hearing a message, worshiping, and you're like, I did my time, that was good. That's complacency. And if you're okay living in complacency, then you're living with a lamp that is running really low on oil. And I believe that it actually breaks the heart of the Father who gave up everything to just lavishly give it to you to watch you walk around running on empty. It actually pains him to know that he tore the veil to have an intimate relationship with you and you just want to think about him casually once in a while. I believe that he is obsessed with you, that he loves you in a really crazy way and he's not willing that you would live life like that. If you feel dry, if you feel like, you know, even reading my Bible, I don't feel him anymore. If you feel lethargic, like I'm going through the motions and I just don't, I don't know that he's there or I haven't heard his voice in a long time. Those are all signs that your lamp is running really low. And I believe that there are two things that will drain your lamp really quickly, and those are fear and unbelief. And I think he wants to deal with it because he doesn't want you walking around in fear. And he doesn't want you walking around in doubt and unbelief. You see, fear, he speaks of very clearly in his word time and time again. And he says that fear is absolutely 100% not of him. And if it's not of him, then who is it from? Right? So he doesn't 
Fear is what will hold you captive. Fear will keep you from the promises of God. And unbelief is what happens when disappointment goes undealt with. When the disappointments in life don't get turned over to God, when you have disappointments, when you have things that don't make sense and it hurts bad, and you don't turn it over to God and say, I, even though I don't understand it, I trust you. Even though I don't get it, even though I don't see the end result, I still choose to trust you. When you don't do that, it turns to unbelief and doubt in your heart. And again, he gave up everything so that you don't have to live life like that. Fear and doubt is like putting a little hole right in your lamp and you're constantly wondering why you're always running low. He wants to seal it up and pour his oil into you. So where do we get oil from? There's no substitution, friends. There's no strategy. There's no plan. There's no plan B, plan C. There's one place that you get oil from, and it is from the Father. If you don't know how to press in and how to get that oil, the Holy Spirit, his anointing, you have to spend time with him. It comes from time of worshiping him. It comes from time of reading his word. It comes from times of just talking to him. And then, oh, if you're like me, it's so hard. I try to stop and just listen. Time from just listening. Time of being with him. Fear and unbelief will drain your lamp. And he said you need to be ready because he is ready to spend eternity with us. He is ready and he wants us to be ready to meet him when the midnight hour comes. So I'm gonna invite you to stand and we're gonna pray. God, thank you that you are just such a good father. God, we just thank you right now that you, you will give us the hard things and the harsh things because you love us, because you desire us to walk around with saturated wicks burning brightly and your intention was never that we would walk around spiritually physically and emotionally exhausted your desire your plan was that we would be saturated with oil that we would walk around just overflowing with the fruit of the spirit and so right now, as you stand and every head is bowed and eye is closed, if you're here today and you would say that, you know, I don't 
really know him and I don't know that at the midnight hour that I would be even ready to go meet him. I don't have a relationship with him and I wanna be found ready. I want that relationship with him. If that's you, I wanna invite you with every eye closed and head bowed, if you would just slip up your hand and say, I'm not ready and I want to be ready. I wanna have a relationship with him. Father, we thank you that you desire a relationship. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today and your lamp, you already know, you walked in with your lamp low on oil and you know that you've been walking around running on low or maybe depleted. Maybe this week fear and anxiety has completely robbed you of your oil. I'm not even gonna invite you to come up here. I'm gonna invite you because the truth is, he has oil, he has more than enough oil for each one of you today. And I'm gonna invite you, if you have been running on low, if fear and anxiety has robbed you this week, I'm gonna invite you to lift your hands as an act of desire for more oil, as an act of worship to the Lord and saying, I can't do this. I need you. I need your Holy Spirit. I need you to fill me again. And we're gonna just remain in this time for just a, a few minutes as the worship team begins to play. And just for a few moments, don't worry about anything or anyone else and just place your focus and attention on the bridegroom and begin to tell him that you need him and that you need more oil and that you want to be found ready and you wanna know him in a more intimate way. You're not waiting for the midnight hour. You're gonna press in right now, right here. Jesus. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.